All right, so guys, welcome back to the Jameer Smith Show podcast, new season. So first and foremost, I'm super, super, super excited about today. What you just saw was the trailer of When We Ex... When We Exhale. So I have to say, not only are we excited about this moment, we are excited about the cast, the crew, um, the team of people that are a part of this call today. So... Uh, first and foremost, I would like to introduce <clears throat> Anthony Green, y'all, who is in the building. He is the writer and director, founder of Cage Birds. And I want everybody else to introduce themselves because I like to be extra, but I want you guys to introduce yourself. And I want everybody, you know, just to kind of talk about your own pronouns and also, you know, um, why you decided to at least take this call today. And we can start with Anthony. Oh, okay, okay. Um, <laughs> so I am Anthony Green. I'm all those things that um, I was just introduced as. And uh, pronouns he, him, his. Um, I took this call today to promote um, the show When Boys Exhale. And also uh, give an opportunity for people to meet some of my amazing um, cast members and some of our, uh, one of our amazing crew members and just uh, talk about some of the, the great work we're doing and the amazing show we're bringing to Atlanta in two weeks. All right, Moses and Derwin. Hello, my name is Moses Princian. My pronouns are they, them, theirs. And I'm on this call to celebrate When Boys Exhale as well as my cast member and my playwright director and the production team that we have and to tell you all about what we got going on. Derwin is in the building, y'all. Uh-oh. Hi there, I'm Derwin King. <laughs> I'm always glad to speak about um, any project I'm doing, but more than um, that, to talk about a, a project I'm doing with Caged Birds Productions. Um, this will be my second time doing this show, so there's a lot that I've learned since the last time we've done it. Um, so I'm really excited um, to talk about uh, some of the new discoveries we've made and how that's been impacted by new cast members and, then, of course, the joys of working with Anthony again. I love it. Oh, and he, him, his are my pronouns. And so lastly, uh, someone that is super special to me, someone that has invited me to uh, his show uh, with his team, and I've also invited him to my show. So production manager, Jamal Gordon is in the building. Hi, Jamal. How are you? Hey. Yes. Hold the applause. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this is amazing um i'm joining anthony derwin again uh, i worked with anthony in the past in 2019 for when boys exhale in um, dc and costia um being the technical director the lighting and bringing on that music that shoot shoot the loop um <laughs> working with uh, derwin and uh seeing his uh, amazing acting skills um also with uh his film i don't know if it's your debut but in the souls of black pebbles um and getting to know moses uh my pronouns are he him his and thank you so much for having me again on your show uh to be a part of this uh wonderful uh promotion and opportunity to share when boys exhale absolutely so 
as we saw in the trailer, as everyone has talked about whenever, you know, they saw it in D.C., we look at Waiting to Exhale, which is iconic. And of course, you know, four, not really four, because there's some other icons that are really in the film, but four iconic women, and everyone knows I love Nippy, but four iconic women in in a story that really um, has magnified over time. And it is one of those stories that I think as people of color, we will always have these quotes that will always inspire us from everything from that uh, film. So Anthony, what inspired you to write this play? Um, okay, what inspired me to write this play? So at Cage Birds Productions, we always um, try to create stories that reflect and affirm the Black queer lived experience. Uh, a friend of mine had passed away, and one of the our last conversations that he made me promise to write the story of his life. So in my grieving process, I made good on that promise, and I told the story of his life, but through the lens of our favorite film, Waiting to Exhale. Mm-hmm. And this play uh, is an original story, but it has like plenty of quotes and Easter eggs to the film that will delight hardcore Waiting XL fans. But ultimately, it's a play where friendship is the love story. Okay, and I think it's interesting because whenever I saw, I haven't had an opportunity to see the play. Um, And so I'm doing it as a lot of people are doing it. We're bringing our friends. So it's me and four, well, three of my friends. So it's four of us going. And I think that's what the conversation is here in Atlanta is that people want a very feel good play. And from what I saw, as far as on, you know, the trailer, I think that's what we're really excited about. So Moses, tell us more about your experience really as a non-binary performer and really just playing this role. Um, well, it's something, uh, being, uh, playing a binary character is something that I've become very used to, honestly, because, um, looking at theater as a whole, most of the characters that are being written are binary. Um, but also besides that, I have grown up with a binary experience. And so the whole idea for me acting is to become someone else and to, Uh, find the truth in that character and relay it to the audience. And so I think there is quite a bit of truth in Jonathan that I can identify with, that I've experienced. And so for me, holding true to that idea of acting makes it seamless for me. Um, I'm not being myself. I am Jonathan. And so it makes it pretty easy. And it's always always a joy to find a new character. It's always a joy. And, and Derwin, if you can talk about your character as well. Yeah, uh, so Andre is an exuberant personality, um, just very larger than life. Um, and I think that there are many ways in which Andre and I are alike. Um, that's something that both Anthony and I have identified and something I'm sure that uh, Jamal can <laughs> attest to. Um And so, I don't know, I feel like this character um, certainly allows me to tap into the more, like, free version of myself. Um, And therefore, I I think it's just, like, a pleasure to step into him or his life. Jamal, did you want to? Yes. So I've I've seen Derwin in the play again in 2019 um, and just attended the rehearsals. And so uh, he really taps into the character of who anyone he's representing and having that 
emotional connection, also that comedic relief when you're talking about um, HIV, when you're talking about um, dealing with your parents and, and acceptance and things like that. It can be heavy at times and just finds that comedic relief in certain aspects um, helps I know for me to be relatable to see myself um, in the character, um, especially how he um, brings that character out. So this is a question for everyone. Um, so and we can start with Anthony and kind of work our way down. You know, again, I'm a fan of Waiting to Exhale. And, you know, I think a lot of people will go in with the expectation of the exact same storyline, the exact same type of characters. So whenever you were making this 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 play, you know, and it completed and you did it in D.C., what what can audience members expect whenever they actually come and see this play? Oh, okay, that is a great question. What can audience? So first of all, it is not an exact reboot. I ain't trying to get sued. It is an original uh, story that does like honor uh, waiting to exhale, but it more so. Um, so these two main characters, they are best friends and they're like waiting to exhale super fans. Like the movie and talking about it is their love language. And we kind of get to a point where, um, and it's also like my experience of like growing up loving this, this film. And then as an adult, black gay man having certain experiences with, uh, men that kind of mirror the women. Right. And um, so just kind of exploring, like, well, is that predetermined or like, is it happened because of like what we were exposed to? But uh, what people can expect is a talented collective of like black queer creatives coming together to tell our stories. So um, any show or screening that we do with Cage Birds, we like for it to be community focused. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're guests in Atlanta. So we have invited a lot of like um, local black and or queer businesses and organizations. Mm-hmm. Um, also, as always, before the show, when doing our anime. We'll be playing all black and queer music uh, from to Sylvester, Janelle La Queen Latifah in this thing. And we'll also have a full service bar, uh, but only our VIPs will have access to our special uh, glorious birthday punch. Okay. <clears throat> Moses. Um. What people can expect, honestly, from my experience reading even the play, it's very healing to see an experience that I have gone through on stage to read it. And they're going to be able to identify with a lot of the um, story, the parts of the story that are coming out, whether it be issues with parents and working through that trauma, um, figuring out who they are as they get older, um, figuring out life, balancing work and trying to find love and also whether the love that they've been watching in this movie is romanticized. Is that what they're going to actually expect to find in real life? Or are they going to have to see that, okay, this is what I want. This is (laughs) what's happening and trying to mm, accept what (laughs) is the reality. (laughs) to live in that reality I don't know so if you guys, definitely a healing moment and a key key for i was sure. gonna say i don't know if you guys saw moses was trying to uh, not tell the whole story i love that um <laughs> and Derwin, what about you yeah i think uh they can expect um to see what it's like when people um really cherish their relationships mm-hmm. 
Um, I think one of the important things that this show does is it really shows um, how Black gay men can build these really intimate relationships and how those relationships can be challenged um, and how we can really work through those challenges because I think there, there's more than one type of relationship in this show between Black gay men and um, they do all get challenged. Um, so how the characters respond to those uh, challenges is really important and I think it's something that can help um, affirm Black gay men and then also maybe even inform um, so yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm gonna say. I wanna go to an audience question really quick and I'm gonna let Jamal hop in. Um a question from Chris from Tennessee asks, you know, how do you become the character? You know, because we all have our lives and um it looked like Chris had asked because he was doing some type of films and um he was he was having challenges becoming the actor. So how do you become that actor? And every, you know, whoever can pop in. Um, well, for myself, um, I get into character by drawing on the essence of what I see in the pages, um, finding them in my body as well, seeing how they fit where I am. And then um, I love listening to music that also is similar to them or just makes me get into the headspace or the emotional world that they're in. And honestly, comparing and contrasting the differences between me and the character so that I can arrive at this is the character. This is not me, but this is the character. Um, yeah, that's the best way for me. Thank you, Darwin. I think um, I, I like what Moses said about body. Um, and that is certainly a part of my process. Um, I like to look at what is said about that character, uh, what the relationship is to the other characters. Um, and then I also, I'm a people person. I've looked at behavior um, and mindsets my entire life. I minored in psychology when I was in school, was super obsessed with why people work the way they do. So I try to find, I use that information um, to determine why a character makes certain decisions. Um, and because I'm so good at empathizing with people in general, um, I then use those skills for each character to understand them. And then body is a large part of that. There are a couple characters I've done who walk differently in the world than I do. Um, so practicing that. And then the last piece, which I think is one of the most important things and something that I've had to um, thank Eugene Sims, um, who worked with us uh, the first time we did the show, as well as on uh, The Souls of Black Pebbles, is costume, um, how the character walks in the world with their clothing is super important. You know, you don't think about the fact that wardrobe isn't just this aesthetic. It also shapes the way that you work, like you walk. If you are a rigid character who wears clothes that pull them back and straighten up their body, that's a huge part of how you'll present. Um, so all of those pieces together are what come together for me in a character. I mean, listen, it's all the elements. And I think to your point, you know, I come from the wardrobe world working at Tyler's for seven years and, you know, makeup and crew and, and like we're all a part of the entire aesthetic of the film. And it just all has to work to make sure that the film works as well. And Anthony, you know, when you have a team, you know, what is it that you're looking for from your team to make sure that they actually embody the, the characters that you have written? 
Um, that's a good question. I always say that I don't want someone who just wants to be a part of a film or a play. They want to be a part of this particular film, this particular play. And like with community being such a huge aspect of Cave Birds production, it has to be someone who cares about community. Like it means something to them that this is black queer creatives like coming together like that. It's us telling our story. If that doesn't mean something to the person, I kind of don't want them involved. Even if they are the strongest actor, even if they, you know, are the best at what they do, they're not the best fit for this because the it's more about community. Jamal. If I may, of course, yeah, uh, yeah. really quickly, I, I like to say this as often as I can. Anthony is extremely um, blessed and talented at building community and fostering that feeling. I have um, been able to make some really beautiful connections with people because of the community that he builds around these shows. So if anyone knows anything about it, it would certainly be him. You know, I think, you know, something that you guys just highlighted, and I talk about this a lot on this show in my real life, um, is about relationship building. And I think a lot of people don't really understand how important it is to actually build as you guys said, the community, but also support the community in addition to make sure that you partner with some of the right people. I had a conversation, this is off topic. I had a conversation with my best friend the other day and it's gonna be interesting to see everyone's faces when I say this. We always talking about, we always talk about having a seat at the table. So I have a seat at the table. However, is it the right seat at the right table? And so it's one of those things that I always like to let people know Stop begging for a seat at other people's table and create your own because we have our own community that we can actually foster and and really financially contribute to. And I think we just have to make sure that we support ourselves, we support our people, but also we have a goal in mind that, to your point, build those relationships with the right people. Jamal, did you want to hop in? Yeah, I think that's great. Like, is it the right table? I'd say working with Anthony as well as with the team. I was part of the casting uh, for for this play as well as um, attending the rehearsals and, and reading. So when you talk about, like, is it the right table and making your own table, I think with Cagebird Productions, whether it's the crew, whether it's uh, cast or supporters, supporters of us uh everyone brings a piece of equipment to the to build this table um and then my favorite part we all bring a dish you know to the table <laughs> to that we all gonna be fair we're all gonna look out for one another um i think that's that sense of community um as you heard uh with us talking about you know we're in going to atlanta we're in your house and we want to see you know how you operate what programs you have what organizations you have what businesses that you have because i feel like we have to support one another not every one person trying to get their shot on that red carpet but rolling it out together and so uh when i think of us as a team you know i think of us as a family that is just not a play but parts of our lives that we share with one another um, and, and I'm going to jump on that with you yeah. because like the artistic family that we've been building is also my favorite part because I love that when somebody does a cage verse production and then they post that they're in a new play, their timeline is flooded by other people who've been in cage verse productions supporting them, like rooting for each other. Like that's 
that's what I love is that it's us from to see us win and seeing like Jamal keep coming back for every production, Derwin keep coming back. So, so people must be getting something out of it that um, every other production isn't doing. So, I mean, I'm very thankful for the amazing team that I have built, the amazing energy and all these talented folks who keep coming back and sharing that with me. Um, I think about the sexuality in Waiting to Exhale and how that told a story with almost every character. Um, with this, and this is not a generalized question, but really dissected in a way that you feel that is necessary for you. Um, how does this play use body language to communicate? How does this play use body? So in a, I talk about in a, in a sexual way or just like in the storytelling in general, I need a little more clarification nope. on this one. I want you, I want you to build on that. How, how does this play? Because I know that it is not, um, it is, it is not, it, it is really just a, a, a play that highlights the story of waiting to excel, right? But now it's creating its own mantra and, and, and story behind that. So when we think about body language with um, HIV, with the sexuality concept, with sex, with relationships, you know, how do you guys utilize those things on stage for this play to tell a story? Okay, so the first thing that comes to mind is um, a huge theme of this particular story is intimacy and uh, looking at how that uh, displays itself from the, the traumas that we receive as gay men, how it uh, expresses itself in like our uh, ro romantic relationship, how it shows itself in our relationship with our family, all of that good stuff. So intimacy and um, the way that we physical touch is really important to this show. And, and not to, I don't, I'm trying not to give too much away. I was going to say, don't give us too much. Don't give us, you know, just sprinkle it on like, like Moses did, but go ahead. <laughs> but yeah, I, I'll just hint at that. Physical touch is, um, is crucial to this show. Okay. Moses or Daryl. Hmm. <laughs> um, what Anthony said is very true. Um, I feel as though the importance of physical touch is seen so much, even in the way that um, the scenes are written. And I feel like when characters are interacting physically, it's always a very specific reason or it's a... Um, it's always a point. Um, I feel like even with staging often, you know, when characters come together, there's always like a purpose. There has to be something behind it. Um, yeah, there is such an importance with physicality and everything in this play. I, I love it's how you guys, y'all are just grazing all over the meat of this. And this is what's making it super exciting, guys. Who's listening right now? I want you guys to hear how exciting it is because they're just giving us little nuggets. They're not giving us any big rocks right now. But go ahead, Derwin. <laughs> well, now I feel this pressure not to really like <laughs> reveal a plot point. I just think that like these characters' um, sex lives or their relationship with sex really informs um, how they interact in, uh, with each other in the show and how their lives change. Much like uh, the women in Waiting to Exhale, uh, I think you're right that like 
their sex lives had become a large part, like a large part of that plot. And without um, us really seeing any of these characters have sex, um, you do get a very clear understanding of what their sex lives are and how that affects how they interact with each other. Got it. Jamal, did you want to touch on something? Because I got something special. I got to, you know, Anthony talked about it. So I'm, I'm excited to hear what this, this next uh, answer is. Uh, no, I think they hit the head on the nail uh, with it. Uh, I, I can say just from what I've seen in rehearsals and things that, you know, when you have that body language, it shows how we are in uncomfortable conversations as well as that love language with our partners or uh, how we interact with our friends and um, with one another uh, because you can read someone based off body language. So I, I know that they'll do a good job with that scene and showing the love, the uncomfortable moments, uh, as well as the angry uh, moments. Um, so stay tuned to see that eye rolling. <laughs> This is a, a, a message from, this is Tiffany, and she is from New York. And she asks, how does the music influence the storytelling? Because, as we all know, let's be clear, Waiting to Exhale had an amazing film, but without, without the tunes. I mean, let's be clear, it was not only an iconic cast, but an iconic album. How does the music influence the storytelling? And everyone, you guys can't see their faces until we load it on YouTube. But when I tell you everybody's face lit up, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, so well, the first thing I will share is so every scene of this play is named after a different song from the soundtrack. Ah. <laughs> and in between each scene, uh, we're going to be playing different songs from the soundtrack that kind of match and hit the moves. And um, there are certain lyrics to certain songs hidden within the dialogue of, uh, of the show. I'm okay. talking about my mom. Leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. Leave it there. <laughs> Anybody else want to touch on that? Oh, it's really straightforward. That's, that's really <laughs> it. I was just excited for the, everyone to learn that that's a part of the experience, both for our end and like getting to know this script. And then of course, and how their experience will be in the, in the theater. Okay. Moses. Yeah, I think Anthony and everyone has done a great job of like creating a whole world, a whole complete world. So when y'all show up in the theater, you're going to experience something amazing. And the music is definitely an integral part of that. As we wrap today um, and everyone, we can start with Anthony and work our way down. Um, and then we're going to do a quick little game at the end. So hopefully you guys, I know you know your stuff, so I'm not worried about that. The last question is... Um, I wanted to, I, I changed up my last question earlier today. Um, so I'll ask this. What would you like people to take away from this play? And we can start Anthony and work our way down. Ooh, okay. So what would I like people to take away from this play? So when I originally saw Waiting to Exhale, um, I love the film, love the story, but I didn't really see me in it. There were uh, two like gay characters um, in the film, the hairdresser and then, you know, the damn low ex-husband. And um, I didn't really relate to them. I didn't um, 
they didn't mimic my lived experience. So what I hope people take is this story um, features in a way to exhale world, uh, black gay men with autonomy, black gay men who have sex, black gay men who have their own things going on, black gay men striving to be better and be greater and see a reflection of themselves and feel seen. I, I want our community to, be, to feel seen when they see this show. I love it. Moses. Um, I feel like what can be taken away is the humanity of these characters and the fact that these stories are not solely for these characters. Other people have experienced things like this or they are going through something and just to be able to connect with a character or to see themselves reflected and to, I don't know, just really get to become, come together with community and um, celebrate themselves. Got it. And Derwin. Uh, this might sound like slightly uh, self-centered, but one of my favorite things about this show is um, how Andre is superhumanized and how people who are um, like more feminine and expressive the way that he is are um, characterized by, um, characterized, excuse me, um, by like the rest of the world and how their emotions get overlooked as a result. And so I'm hoping that those of us who are a little bit more exuberant in our personalities that, that we can feel like we're being seen. Um, Cause I definitely think Andre is that for me. I love that Jamal. You know, I hope they get a out of a healing, you know, uh, there's uh, a, a lot of, discussions and healing that needs to be looked at in the lens as well as within um, the forefront of a, of a play to relatable characters, how it, we should have healing, you know, uh, without giving too much away, you know, because we're going to hold tight just like the Spider-Man sequel, <laughs> you know, not letting you know who in it. But um, <laughs> I hope that we get a sense of, of healing and, and second chances and, and things like that, which is very important that I don't think we offer a lot um, in our community and in our lives. And I know I can speak for myself. The last thing I hope they get is a bop listening to <laughs> wonderful songs and things. I was the technical director last night, so I got to play the songs that I was in the bag and the audience was, I was, um, in front of me because I was the back and just to see them feel and get that good time feeling is very, very, was very great. Um, and so I hope um, they get a good old bop with a good old healing. So and that's on. it. Well, and I will say this and I, and, and we, we, in a few weeks, we're going to have um, a therapist on the show talking about just mental stability and just everything that we are all going through right now as people of color, as, as gay men, LGBTQ plus, IA, all of the other alphabets, you know, because I always forget. But I will say um, it's needed because, you know, suicide rates are super high when it comes to um, younger people of color. And um, I'm excited to bring them on. And I love that you said heal. So as we wrap the show um, and we only have a few minutes left, everyone can cut their mics on. And it's whoever the first one, you know, says the name. You, you have to say the character's name, not their real name. We got, we got that. We so, I'm just going to say a quick line. Who said this? And you can interrupt me. It's cool. The deal is, the men in Denver are dead. 
No wonder. Okay. Come on, y'all. That's what I'm talking about. Ma'am, are you aware your car was on fire? Yes. <laughs> to the best blow drying, scissor scalping, bumper curling, braiding, weaving, get this great out of my head. Dying beautician. Last I, <laughs> I hope you find true love and get you some that's so electric you ain't gotta need no blow dryer. Robin. No, y'all, why is Anthony answering all of this? <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, is there a computer in there? Is there a computer in there, Anthony? Who <laughs> <Listen. laughs> yeah. okay. Can you do like who says shoot shoot the loop? Can you <laughs> and I would know that. You could have given me the uh, uh, the zoo line. I would have had you on that one. Last <laughs> last quote. Last quote. Girlfriend, girlfriend. Here's to peace of mind and all the happiness your heart and hand can hold. Cause Lord knows you deserve it. Savannah. Bernadette. Bernadette. <laughs> Thank you guys so much, honestly, for being a part of this. And again, Anthony, if you can let everyone know, when will you guys be in Atlanta? What are the dates? Where can people purchase tickets? And I know you guys have an Instagram page, so let the world know. Okay, so we will be in Atlanta April 22nd to the 24th. We have four shows. You can purchase tickets on Eventbrite. If you're looking for it, it is When Boys Exhale Atlanta. Um, if you just Google When Boys Exhale, we're the first thing that comes up. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. Um, we're excited. Me and my, my team, we're excited because we'll be there. So hopefully we'll be able to take pictures with you guys and, and really just feel that love, that energy. But as all of you guys said, that relationship building. So I love you guys. Thank you. Stay safe. And again, as we always say at the end of the show, stay positive, but stay creative. Until next time, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs>